On this episode of Blending Bourbon, Dixon and I discuss the state of the bulk whiskey market. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Dedman and David Mark Young. Welcome back to another episode of Blending Bourbon. I am Dixon Dedman of 2XO Whiskey, I think, joined as always by my dear friend and also master blender of Golden Sheaf, Mr. David Mark Young. David Mark Young, how in the world are you? Fantastic, as always. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Sunshine. Good. It's a pretty day. I'm home. Pretty day in Kentucky, not on the road. Leave tomorrow. Leave tomorrow. Where are you off to tomorrow? Tomorrow is Chicago. And in Chicago until uh, just for one night. And then it is on to Milwaukee. Uh, for two days. Nice. Or two well, man, nights, yeah, you're three days. Whatever. You're right back at it. You're right. You're right back on the road doing yeah. all the things. But you also have more products out there. Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out is how you're juggling all these products. How you, I know it's yeah. No, I mean it, it is it it is a lot, and it just timing wise, they all kind of came. And it's 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 we we we're launching, you know, a product in all three tiers of our program, you know, kind of the fourth quarter, which is a really right. tough time for you know your your distiller or your distiller distributor and retail partners because they're not, you know, at that point they're trying to like reduce inventory and 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 get everything get as much out as possible. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's fine. It, you know, you kind of think of like, there's debate, right? There's a debate on the, um, from the, from the marketing side, it's always like, oh, it's perfect. And just in time for the holidays, like mm -hmm. the marketing people are always like, oh, this is perfect. It's just, you know, the holidays. It's everybody goes and buys dad whiskey, you know, it's, the, you know, and the sales side is like, man. You know, our it's just tough to you know all the all the distributors um, you know don't really want to talk about new stuff at the end of the year. They want to talk about right. moving the stuff they have in the warehouse. The retailers are um, you know not you know, they're they're trying to uh, hope people load up on on the staples for the holidays. Not you know they're not as interested in. Actually, they're not. I shouldn't say they're not as interested, but it's it's less about you know. We look at it, and I think on the, you know, a lot of like on, on one side, it's like, oh yeah, we'll put all this cool stuff in gift boxes. We'll do all these LTOs, we'll do, you know, whatever. And right. a lot of these retailers are sitting on, you know, sitting on thousands of bottles of Tito's and they just want to just like deplete inventory, inventory before the end of the yeah. year. So it's interesting. So a lot of travel around that. Um, I'm pretty much, I get the week off for Thanksgiving. But other than that week, uh, until the week before Christmas, I'm going somewhere. On the road again. On the road again. That's awesome. So here's a thought. This is, I mean, a lot of this is off script regardless. 
but the shocker it, it, shocker that shocker. we would do something off script <laughs> but you know we have our little conversations ahead of the podcast you know okay what well, you know we've got our topics and we try to stick to the topics but we, you know we start down a path here and we're talking about o and d o and d um is a is a term you know i remember first getting into this and the distributor saying no 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 that's o and d that's o and d we're not right. trying to, and it's october november december is what that stands for not trying to get into new releases it's it's a tougher sell you're right they're sitting on inventory they're trying to get things out but you know you brought up a point about the staple things that come out and we, you know when when i think of o and d in the whiskey world or in the american whiskey world at least to think about uh pappy and uh buffalo trace antique collection and um i don't know if there's there's other holiday related things that come out you think that has anything to do with o and d the the, yes because those are annual releases yes i do um i think there are uh, we can talk about that yeah. certainly you know when <clears throat> years ago um at least in kentucky before um before i was doing anything in the bourbon space but just running the the, the restaurant um it was always september september Bourbon Heritage Month, um, everybody, and then at that time, and it kind of it kind of uh, fell off, and then you know it's been resurrected. The the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, which occurs in Bardstown, um, everybody wanted to have their marquee items available, um, you know, at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, and and during that time, so. I mean, it used to be September was Van Winkle, was Antique Collection, was Four Roses Limited Edition Small Batch, was, I mean, and, and we, with Kentucky Island, we started, it's like, it's got to be September. We got, you know, September is the month. It was always mm -hmm. September. Um, and I think from a, from a liquid perspective, what you see, you know, in when you get into September is, is you, you know, your, your yield is the later in the year you go, or when you when you bottle when you dump barrels um, in a, a cooler month, um, you know uh, you know as soon as then uh, you're getting some retraction of the liquid out of the oak, and it makes your your yields slightly better. But you know there's some you know some some um, value added there. So it was always September, and then. They there was it was always kind of all stacked on top of each other, and then Sazerac, you know, they were the first ones to kind of stagger um, those antique collection Van Winkle. So they would push it back a little bit, and then push it back a little bit, and right, and uh, you know, it, it just ended up you know kind of moving out of September um, later into the year. I don't think there's any question that. Um, Part of it has to do with yield. Part of it has to do with just you know when, um, you know when they feel like those higher aged uh, liquids have moved back out of the barrel a little bit, um, brought some of you know another cycle of of those sweet notes out of the out of the oak. Um, but also it's like yeah, I mean people get into, I mean you know we all rack up credit card debt in O and D and then say, right. Oh shit, what have I done in January? <laughs> you know, right. make all yeah. your resolutions or whatever. But yeah, uh, makes sense. There's something there for sure. A lot of, yeah, a lot of overlap. I mean, you, you know, 
the, the coolest months. That's, you know, liquids going dormant in a barrel. It's not, it's not changing. It's, you know, you're going to, um, I, and I think that, you know, that, that I feel like that's the conversation nobody's having. It's always just, you know, expect it to be, you know, everybody looks forward to it. You get your, your BTEC sets come out and the Van Winkle sets and everybody looks forward to it. But, um, I think it's cool to, to take a look at why, why they're, you know, I, I mean, I think people would be shocked if all of a sudden there was some random release of, um, Van Winkle or, um, you know, BTAC later in that you know, off season. That's just, that's yeah. what it's become. It's become that, that season, that time. Of year. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, there's, I don't, I can't speak to this specifically cause I'm not smart like this but um you know that's a uh i can't remember who was i having the conversation with but a lot of these you know operate on a uh july to june fiscal year or whatever that is so um you know it's it's a it's a good uh kind of like on from the accounting side there's like some sort of q2 cash infusion type thing that I don't know. I heard somebody talking about that one time. That is not an original thought. That is true. I've right. heard that, but you know, because of the way they, um, they operate, it's kind of like the, you, you get this shot of cash and then, you know, the, a lot of companies where they're, um, higher volume brands, um, their big push to move those products is like April, May, June, because they're closing out that fiscal year or something like that. I, 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 don't, I don't, you know, again, above my pay grade, but there's, you, you can, in, in anything, especially in this business, you can be damn sure that there's some um, financial uh, reason for doing of things the way they do as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just it. Yeah, there's, there's typically always some sort of monetary driver behind it i think it'd be cool to see kind of behind the scenes that whole evolution of you know things leading up to those releases um you know factor in all those things but but even just the the the, the creation of them right i mean they're you know what proof they're going to be what um hmm. you know volumes how early in the season that you know just kind of what they're going it'd be kind of cool to yeah, I, I have seen it. Back. I mean, you know, the I'm sure you uh, have the the like the BTAC stuff. You know, think about that that every um, every one of those the the amount of handwriting that goes on that entire collection, and, right. and so that that process starts much earlier. You know, it's not like oh, we're seeing it in September, um, right? you know, a lot of times that stuff may even be coming out of the barrels in the, in the spring, right. um, and bottled throughout the, throughout the summer. You know, it's not, it's not when I talk about the, you know, waiting for the liquid to come out of the Oak, it, it's not, you know, it's not, they're not doing it a week before it launches. <laughs> they're doing it, uh, before it gets hot again. Um, at least two weeks. Yeah. And then to get that done. Yeah. I, it, it, I would say it happens. I mean, <laughs> I I saw man, I don't know if I get in trouble for saying this or not. I mean, I just happened to be there um kind of on a on a tour 
Um, but I, I like George D. Stagg in, uh, in like April or May was, was running down the line. Flowing. Wow. I mean, being bottled like that's, you yeah. Know. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool because it's, you know, associated with a time of year, mm-hmm. but to pull that thread and see behind the curtain yeah. you know see what's going on all year round it's like you said it's not i don't know if people just take that for granted like oh it's here it's arrived it's you know they just put this stuff fresh in the bottles fresh from the barrel well, yeah but I, is, I mean but, I, I i definitely think that you know that was and and i would say that it's you know it's a it it's a phenomenon that has developed with the you know demand in this category i mean I, i've told you a million times back when you know we opened the the tavern in 2004 um i remember tasting um i don't know i'd tasted it before but you know i I remember like ordering we just order a three pack of pappy 23 on a thursday and it came on the truck on friday like it was (laughs) you know that that was when I would do these tastings and tell people like, if you want the best bang for your buck, you know, this Van Winkle lot B 12 year old stuff is, is $25 at the, at the liquor store, you know? I mean, so it, the, it's, it's the, the growth in the industry and the demand has, has created, uh, the, the need, um, you know, to kind of make these, you know, released just at at one whatever one time or one yeah so you keep bringing up these these points of interest for me and you know considering we've had recent conversations about new make and you know the the current state of whiskey barrels uh prices all the things and i don't know i'm i'm thinking We'll put you on the spot a little bit and just have you look into your magic ball and, you know, considering this, the current state of things and, and what you've seen going back, you know, 20 years, you're talking, you know, the price of Pappy and the difference between then and now. But w- what are we looking at? What are we, what are we looking at, you know, ahead as far as prices and even some of these, you know, more rare whiskeys coming to market coming of age um what does that look like for price points and you know is there there's clearly a saturation right now of a lot of a lot of whiskey brands out there um and barrel prices have changed they've they've fluctuated quite a bit uh, you know covid uh really affected um you know supply chain and you know just disrupted things but but now things are would you say they're back to where they oh gosh were no. are they better and what is it how's that going to affect things in the future well I, I, you know i think there are there you know you can't i'm not sure that you can look at this um anymore as like oh this is this is the bourbon thing and this is how it's going to go i right, mean right the, the, you know Sazerac, Four Roses, um, who are the other ones that have these like highly allocated? I mean, 
They, 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 they know what they need. They're, they're, it's never going to change. There's always going to be a demand for Pappy Van Winkle. There's always going to be a man, a demand for the B There's always going to be a demand right. um, for the four roses limited edition. This maker's mark, um, what's it called? Seller aged. Seller aged. Yeah. Um, I had some this weekend. It was good. It's good. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's five, 600 bucks now. I mean, right. you know, they're, they're, like the, the big guys, ain't going anywhere and they're you know their their models are true they're going to grow their core brands uh both in the u.s and internationally um they they have doubled down on their own capacity uh they're investing hundreds of millions of dollars in their production facilities uh, because they, you know, they they ain't going anywhere. They're the they're the Yankees. They're the they're mm-hmm. Man United. They're you know it's it's it is what you know. Um, I think one of the things that is is very interesting to me, um, having had multiple conversations with brokers here recently, mm-hmm. who are reaching out to me and saying. And, and this is not one, this is, this is multiple, three, four of these people that, I, that I've worked with and helped and they've helped me and, you know, whatever. But their comment is, there, you know, there is so much liquid available right now. Right. Like we've never seen this much liquid on the market um, that, you know, do you know anybody that can, that, that is looking? Um, and the, the other part of that, which is, I, I didn't, I don't really get into this, but, um, financing for purchases has become much more difficult for, for startup brands and things like that. So even a lot of these people who have a concept, have a brand, have a label, something they want to do, they're having trouble raising the cash or getting financing for these purchases, which is, um, and then, you know, you've, you've got, this all of these investors um speculative investors um and whether they're um you know just just investing for themselves i mean i've seen you know uh family estate planners i've seen investment groups who have diversified out of the market into this uh in into barrels um whose barrels are hitting, you know, two and a half, three, four years old, and they're being listed. And they're all like, you know, what, what's going on here? I was told that, you know, at four years old, these barrels are going to be worth, worth four grand. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, you know, and on top of all of that, and I'm sure they'll be, they'll be successful because they are successful people. But if you look at the number of, I mean, um, John and David's place, hundred thousand barrels a year up to two hundred thousand you know barrels a year who with with they won't have their own brand it's right. all it's all investment barrels whether it's for a brand or for an investment you look at um the other one i just saw the other day fifty thousand barrels a year um you know, you go down the list I, I just you know i don't where's all this going and i think <laughs> you know i think that the big guys are always going to be fine they're going to eat they're going to live you know whatever um but you know, I, I'm not a hundred hundred percent convinced that you know there aren't going to be some casualties. Um, sure. Because you know people have put up a lot of money, whether it was for barrels or for 
a facility uh, that, you know, even if, even if they're only selling 40% of their capacity to, um, right. you know, to, to other brands or something like that, there, there's just so, it's just so much. We have, what is it? Jump the shark. I, I think, you know, the, I think the bourbon explosion got, you know, just went way overboard with, uh, too many people thought they could, um, you know, mon- you know, monetize the the demand, and right. I also start to see, and we talked about this before. You know, the consumers are, you know, they're less and less adventurous um, as they start to see these new brands roll out that are all essentially coming from the same source, made up of the same juice. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's 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 a very interesting time. I, I don't think it. I don't think any of that changes the demand for quality bourbon. Right. Um, but I think you know the it, the 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 land the underlying landscape underneath the kind of commercial typical you know. You have a source, you take your source to your distributor, distributor goes to market, whatever. But, you know, the, the kind of the, the uh, you know, the, the, the market, the bulk market, the uh, speculative investment piece, all of that stuff, the, the capacity that is just continuing to just explode. Yeah. I don't see how that's gonna, how that's gonna, you know, even out. Right. I, th- I think the demand changes a little bit in that more and more consumers are expecting higher quality at a lesser price point because you're seeing these large conglomerates, you know, they're able to put out um, older, older whiskey at a lower price point in larger volumes. And so it's just elevating that expectation where, you know, it's, it's no longer, uh, you know the the bottom shelf stuff is you know it's it's less desirable because you can get higher quality older um well and, that, and that's the thing too is just because something says it's older doesn't mean it's better and, and people consumers recognize that you know mm-hmm. you'll see uh, not to name drop but you'll see some you know some of the older stuff come out and it's and it's this bulk stuff you know it's in the 20 high 20 low 30 dollar price point and you know it's got an eight 10 year age statement on it and um but it sits on the shelf it's not you know i think initially people are like oh it's got to be better let's buy it all up and then you know they end up having all these end caps that are full and eventually it gets bought up they discount it or whatever but that's yeah, well, just it. i mean i think the the, there's so much there are so many opportunities new opportunities for the consumer out there because every time you walk into a liquor store there's seven <clears throat> new things that you've never right. seen before um yeah. that you know it, it's you, you got you got one chance you got one <laughs> chance to prove yourself with the consumer and and you know it, we also live in a world where all it takes is one person to post a negative review or a negative comment right. or whatever and that can that can hurt a brand as well but it it is it's also interesting as you start as i start going around and i hear you know you talk to at these you know consumer events and all that stuff and and it's just like yeah i mean the that entire section over there is 
however, 15 different labels, but it's all the same juice from the same stuff with the same profile. Like, you know, they're not even, not even trying, um, to, to, to create something that is, is unique or has a unique profile or, or, or take a, you know, it's like, no, we're just, you know, and, and that's, I think people are starting to recognize that. Like if you don't put in the, and I think they'll pay. I think they will pay for quality juice if right. there is, um, you know, if they if they know that that somebody has uh, done the work to develop something, create something unique. Um, but there's just there's just so much of the same stuff out there that's uh, inexpensive and and which is creating a, a situ situation where people are are rushing. Um, some just kind of generic tasting stuff to market and it's yeah. turning people off. Yep. Yeah. I, I was just saying the other day, um, we, we've been doing a lot of tastings just, you know, at retailers and, um, and it used to be when I, when I first started doing this, which wasn't that long ago, um, you'd get your, you know, your, your average whiskey drinkers, you know, people that, that know the difference between bourbon and, uh, whiskey and, uh, rye and they they almost have a ch- had a chip on their shoulder you know oh where's this out of oh okay so you must source and you must get your product from indiana and you you know they just yeah. they sort of you know answer all the questions for you they weren't asking you questions and now um it i, I think that that's changed a little bit to where they're asking where they're okay with the not you know, first question typically, where's your distillery? Oh, we don't, we right. don't distill. Right. We, we source. Now it's, where do you source from? Yeah. So the, yeah, and I think that's a fair question and I, I don't have any problem with that. I also don't have any problem, you know, but I, what I want as a consumer, if I'm a consumer, what I want to know is, okay, fine. You're sourcing. No big deal. Yeah. Right. Tell me what it is about your product that makes it different Right. Than all the other stuff that comes that, that that is sourced from that same place. Like, what yep. are you doing? What what do you you know? Do are you are you are you blending? Are you blending different distillates? Are you blending different mash bills? Are you, you know, are you um, you know, you, you go on top Rick House, you go on bottom Rick House, you uh, you know, are you what what? Tell me what you're doing because yep. I don't need another rye from MGP with a different label on it. Right. Like I yeah. don't need it at the same proof. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I got them. I got, I, yeah. I go look, I got like nine of them. Right. Um, so what are you doing to make it special? And, and I think yeah, if I'm, that's, that's my perspective, uh, as a, as a consumer, but you know, I, don't, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a interesting, I, I, I thought I knew it was coming. I did not know it was coming this fast. This this glut of it seems of like it, I mean yeah, it, is, it seems like it's happened fast. It's like in in a few months time. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this you know similar to uh, the craft beer um, saturation years ago. You know, boom, boom, boom. They built up and they you know there were thousands, tens, of thousands of craft brewers and and you know we saw some of them go away uh, because that, you know you can only make so many hazy hazy IPAs and so many barrel aged, you know, you know, unique Dude, things. I told and, you that. Have I told that story on here before? Huh? 
which which one maybe I'll, I'll tell you the story and then i gotta go get my eyebrows waxed so um, <laughs> i'll have to jump but you do need to <laughs> i was at this uh i was at this this thing in in louisville it's about 300 people there it's called bourbonomics and it is about you know kind of the economics of and this is this is probably six six years ago and I'm on this very interesting panel, and this is when I, I had no business being on this panel. Like three people must have <laughs> called in sick or something like that, because it was Jim Rutledge, Wes Henderson, some peon named Dixon Deadman, <laughs> and uh, a guy named Alan Ladd, who um, is the son-in-law of Max Shapira, uh, yeah. the owner of, of Heaven Hill. And they, we get up, kind of talk about everything, and and somebody says, "Hey, what do you um, what do you think about the, the growth in uh, in in the craft bourbon space?" And and um, I, mean, I, I I kid you not. And I, the whole crowd was like, "What? You know, what do you think about these new distilleries popping up?" And Alan said, "Why don't you take a look at how many microbreweries are still around? Uh, think about how many you know. There was one on every every block." And think about how many are, are still around today. And he said, I have I have some advice for any of you in this room who want to potentially get into the distilling business. He said, why don't you just wait a handful of years because there's going to be a lot of really nice used equipment for sale on the market. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm, everybody's like, whoa, that's that's strong. That's pretty strong. But I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised um or will not be surprised if that doesn't end up being very true i mean if you look right. at it's again gotta get my eyebrows waxed but like just the fact that constellation has listed the high west distillery for sale yeah and they're gonna they're still gonna um pay whoever owns it to to make their product for them but there's something there that makes me think, okay, why, why if you pay, I mean, they, they paid a fortune for that, right. you know, several years ago. So why are they trying to unload that facility? Do they, you right. know, I, mean, I, I think, you know, you can start reading into some of this stuff, um, what you will, I suppose, but there's, if, if I'm building a distillery and building my program on bulk sales of barrels and I and I contact some of these um, brokers and find out what's available right now I'm starting to get real freaking nervous right right so, yeah sorry I feel like I just preached um, for a long time you didn't it was great it was good well but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it we'll put a pin in it right there put a pin in it get right your, there get your eyebrows waxed yeah and, look uh, i gotta you know gotta make sure the, the look curtains the are looking episode. good <laughs> All right. well that wraps up this episode all right brother until next time until next time cheers cheers don't forget to like subscribe comment and share cheers everybody mm.